Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're taking a look at what's going on in global commodities markets, trying to understand what it means for our economy and how it will affect the domino chain of interdependencies throughout our economy. In the past two weeks, we've seen a sharp drop in commodity prices across a wide range of commodities. That includes oil, copper, steel, silver, cobalt, tin, and nickel, just to name a few. The broad interpretation is that these price drops signal a drop in future demand that will come from the current economic recession. But we need to look at the point of reference. Those commodities are priced in U.S. dollars, and the U.S. dollar has surged against many global currencies. U.S. dollar is now hovering almost at par with the euro for the first time in nearly 20 years. The threat of energy insecurity in Europe is cited as the biggest factor. If Russia were to weaponize the sale of natural gas to Europe, it would negatively impact the economy in Europe in a significant way. The euro has fallen in value against the dollar by nearly 20% in the past year. So even if commodities prices were static against the U.S. dollar, they appear to have gone up by 20% simply by virtue of being priced in U.S. dollars. Countries with dollar-denominated debt have experienced a massive increase in the cost of their debt as a result of the rise in the U.S. dollar. The pricing in the futures market is being determined by the options traders who are forecasting future supply and demand in the coming 30 to 90 day window. This is looking largely at the short term picture. There's a degree of speculation that the slowdown in the economy is going to reduce demand sufficiently to cause a surplus in supply. One metric you might want to examine to correlate commodities is the Global Shipping Container Price Index. The Drury Composite Index is priced at $7,054 for a 40-foot container. That's down 20% since last year, although still well above the prices of 2019. It's indicative of falling demand on all of the world's major shipping routes. The Shanghai to Los Angeles route is down 21% and the Shanghai to Rotterdam route is down by 27% year over year. Some of the higher prices reflect the higher price of fuel, which has experienced the double impact of the shift to more expensive low sulfur fuel, combined with the higher cost of crude oil. While oil prices have fallen in recent weeks, I expect that drop to be short term. The systemic shortfall is still present in the global energy market, and I don't expect many Western countries to suddenly embrace Russian oil and gas anytime soon. We're definitely still in an inflationary environment. Food insecurity and food shortages are going to continue to push consumer expectations of inflation, regardless whether the central bankers exclude food and fuel from their inflation metrics. And for that reason, we can expect workers to demand higher pay, which means we will continue to experience elevated inflation for some time to come, the so-called wage price spiral. The reduction in the price of some commodities might eventually trickle into price reductions for end products, but that's not very likely. What's more likely is we'll see the rate of inflation fall for durable goods. Until we see the producer price index fall, I don't think we can say that inflation has a chance of being curtailed. We are now starting to hear some economists speaking about a disinflationary recession rather than stagflation. A disinflationary recession is one where the rate of inflation falls. But in my opinion, there's been so much money printing on a global basis that the inflation phenomenon is not localized to one country. And since the cause was global in nature, and the inflation phenomenon is also global in nature, the actions of a single central bank are not likely to be sufficient to rein it in. We have an artificial supply-side constraint that is continuing to this day. These constraints started during the pandemic, 
And guess what? The pandemic isn't over. Parts of China remain in lockdown. Macau just went into a lockdown state. But here in the U.S., Canada, and Europe, reducing demand by pushing the economy into recession is not the answer. And since the Fed hasn't asked for my opinion, well, that seems to be the path that we're heading down. Bringing supply and demand into balance by reducing demand when the issue is really supply seems like insanity to me. Now, with the rise in the U.S. dollar, there has been a flight to safety in U.S. treasuries, which has pushed the yield down on the 10-year treasury. The net result has been a 50 basis point drop in mortgage rates in the U.S. Mortgages that were priced near 5.7% a few weeks ago are now pricing around 5.2%. This could be an opportunity for investors and homeowners to rate lock at a better interest rate than we might expect in the coming months. All of these moving parts are difficult to anticipate in the future. Much easier to connect the dots in hindsight. And finally, one of the strangest political ploys, the U.S. is depleting its strategic petroleum reserve at the rate of 1 million barrels a day. This is strictly a political ploy to reduce gas prices at the pump and keep the population a little happier. In a little under 500 days, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve will be depleted down to zero. This is hardly a crisis worthy of depleting the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.